Hi, this is Sam Chan, and welcome to the Sam Chan Leadership Podcast. It is my honor to serve you, help you achieve your dreams. Let's do this together. Now I want to dive into some very, very pragmatic and practical things. Number one, have an emergency plan. Have an emergency plan. I call this a catastrophic succession plan. A catastrophic succession plan. You may be 38, you may be 46, you may be 73. We're all ticking. So if you are 46 and you're saying, you know, I still got 20 years, may you have 80 more years in you. That's not the issue. But the, a good, smart, wise steward has a succession plan. A catastrophic succession plan. There are two kinds of succession plans. A catastrophic succession plan, if something was to happen to you today, if you were uh, some cat- ca- catastrophe took place, you, you uh, fell ill, you became incapacitated, you had a moral failure, you had doctrinal divergence, you, uh, you died, uh, you quit, uh, whatever, whatever happens. And there are many other circumstances. But a catastrophe takes place. What's the organization going to do? Because we're talking about how to build a successful organization with lasting legacy. If, if, the, if the success is going to leave like that, then that's going to have a direct impact on the lasting legacy of the organization. So a ca- catastrophic plan says, if a catastrophe was to take place in my life, here's a short list of people that you need to contact in that order with their names and approval by your deciding body for one year, an interim plan. That means if you're the lead pastor for church, for example, if something's to happen to you, the church does not have to go into, what are you gonna do? Who's gonna come here? No, we have an envelope. We talked about this already. There are three names on there. Don't know if they're available or not, but let's talk to them. And call number one, number two, Number three, for one year, and that year gives you the margin to be able to go further. The second kind of plan is what we call a planned plan in which you need to study your bylaws, your church constitution bylaws. Uh, Most bylaws and similar governing documents are not written for tomorrow. They're all written for yesterday. Most of them are written to keep people out, not bring people in. Most Most of them are very stringent, very uh, suffocating, very small in the sphere and scope. So a good succession plan will make sure that the constitution bylaws are in line with the plan. And if the constitution bylaws need to be amended, then you need to do that now rather than after you're gone or you're dead or some something bad has happened. Uh, so the, the congregation or the organization is dealing with the uh, the emotional stress of all that time and the middle of that getting an amendment passed is not the most advisable course of action. Number three, get help from outside consultant. Get help. Uh, I'm working with a number of churches right now on their succession plan. I'm not the only one who does that. There are other people who can help you. There are people maybe in your movement, your denomination, your organization who can help you. Maybe HR can help you. But you need an outside consultant. Get help. 
You cannot do this from the inside. There's too much baggage. There's too many animosities, too many alliances, too, many, too much history. There's too much experience. There's too much uh, peripheral stuff going on to be totally objective. You need somebody from the outside to help you. Separate your competency and loyalty issues. Just because someone has been there does not mean that they can lead. Competency and loyalty. Most organizations tend, especially nonprofits and churches, tend to make decisions on histories, familiarity, and loyalty. Unfortunately, those are not necessarily the leaders that are going to take you into the future. Loyalty is important. Competence is equally important. Uh, I was uh, uh, doing some consulting coaching the other day and uh, there's this lady who's upper and upper management and uh, one of her questions was, uh, we are looking to hire uh, a person at a higher administrative level and uh, the team wants to hire somebody they are very familiar with because they already know this person, they have history with this person, this person knows how they are. And she said to me, but I don't think as loyal and enculturated as she is, she's not the most competent person to take up the future. And her question for me was, how do I talk to the CEO about that? And here was my response. As a CEO, do you want the next person to take us to the next level? Or do you want the next person to keep us where we are? Very well, no problems, maintain us where we are. Next level person, maintenance person. If the CEO's answer is, I'm looking at this juncture in the life of an organization, a maintenance person, then that person that you're looking at is the person. If that, uh, the CEO says, we're looking for somebody to take us to the next level, then this person will not be that person. But you've got to separate your competency and loyalty issues among the people. Be conscious of subtle messages, subtle messages, subtle messages which uh, are in innuendos. When I am gone, you'll be able to. You know it won't be long. Uh, when I come in, things will be different. I'm going to turn it upside down. Boy, just wait and see the improvements. You just haven't seen anything yet. Those are sometimes subtle, sometimes not so subtle, and none of them are honoring. None of them raise people's levels up. They all bring people level down. It's not just change, it's transition as well. So what's the difference between change and transition? Change is the event, is a decision. Transition is all the emotional, relational, financial, psychological, aftermath of the decision. So you can bring somebody in, you can fire somebody, that's just a decision. But that whatever you do creates transitional issues. And your losses do not come from change, your losses come from mismanaging, not planning, not really having a strategic thought about transitional issues. You also have to be very willing to communicate in a cascading manner and loan your credibility, loan your credibility. Can I say something to people who are leaving? 
go. When you leave, leave. When you leave, leave. Let go. If you as a, a predecessor are still hanging around that organization, your credibility, your personality, your culture, your decision making is going to handicap the very person you brought in to succeed you. Let me say that word. Succeed you. That means you want them to be successful. If you want them to be successful, the best thing you can do, leave. Now, if you're a pastor of a church, I recommend that you go away for at least six months. At least six months. No church attendance. Go attend somewhere else. Travel. Have fun with your family. Do whatever you got to do. Go away before you come back. I remember having uh, my last staff meeting with, uh, with my staff at the Christian University I was president at. And this is what I said to them. I said, I'm still a friend to many of you. If you want to hit me up, email, text, whatever, about life in general, I'll be happy to interact with you. If you hit me up about something going on at the university, I need for you to know right now what I'm going to do. I'm going to forward that message directly to the new president. And I'm going to respond back to you saying, I have forwarded your message. Because now you have a president and I am no longer your president. I can't do anything about it. And even if I can, I don't want to do anything about it because you have another person who is leading. And I will not be on campus, at least for a year. Why? Because I want all alliances to shift to the new president. I want to create a runway where he can actually take off. I'm talking about a lasting legacy. And that's a very difficult thing to do. It was difficult for me. It takes a lot of self-discipline. But you have to be in a secure position to say, I'm no longer going to lead this organization. That is why I transitioned. If I wanted to continue leading the organization, I should have stayed there and never resigned, never transitioned, never left, never had uh, just thought about going doing something else. So have something else to do. Another thing I want to say to successors and predecessors, especially predecessors, you've got to have a strong to, not just a strong from. You're leaving from going to. You're leaving a company going to. You're leaving a church going to. You're leaving a nonprofit, you're going to. And unless your two is strong, your from will keep pulling you. But when your two gets strong, it'll become a magnet. It'll start pulling you more and more in its direction. So part of a strategic succession plan is creating a two. What have you always wanted to do? Here's your chance. But it won't happen overnight. 
you'll have to create the runway for that and create a two so when you leave from you'll actually have a successful two a significant two an attractive two a secure two a strong two and that comes with monetizing it making sure that your resources match up to the lifestyle that you have envisioned for yourself. So let me give you some actions to avoid, the don't list. And this is for successors. This is for successors. Every one of you was a successor, is gonna be a successor. Don't expect things to be the same for you as they were for your predecessor. Don't expect them to be the same. You are different. You pull out different things from people. They are different. Your predecessor was different. So don't expect them to be the same. Don't be quick to make changes for which you lack the necessary relational equity. Why? Because all change is a critique of the past. Focus on building relationships first. Changes, of course. Every new leader needs to make changes. The question is not the change. The question is the timing of change. If you don't have enough change in your pocket, if you don't have enough credibility, if you don't have enough relational equity, if you don't have enough leadership uh, that's been given to you, just wait. Just wait. Unless a house is on fire, don't pull out the hoses. Unless something is broken, don't pull out the hammer. Just wait. Build the equity that you need, the credibility that you have, because all, all change is a critique of the past. So when you make a change, it is saying that that did not work. We have a better way to do that. So build, focus on building relationships first. Don't think that people are going to view you like they viewed you before you came. Person A, that's you, person A. This is before you come into the organization. They have viewed you, they've observed you, they have an opinion of you. When you come outsider, when you come inside the organization and now you are the leader of the department, leader of a division, leader of the entire organization, really doesn't matter, you're leader, a campus pastor, whatever you are, when you come in, you'll be viewed differently. You are viewed when you were an outsider one way, now you're gonna be viewed totally differently when you're on the inside. So when you say, why are they looking at me like that? Why do they do that? Yeah, just understand human dynamics and that is what they, that's how it happens. And don't try to be your predecessor. Just stay in your own lane. You have no shoes to fill. You know, people get up there and say, I got some big shoes to fill. I wanna free you up. You have no shoes to fill. Let's fill your own shoes. Don't try to be them. Let me give you some do's, some do's. Exercise patience. Just because you arrived does not mean you've been accepted. Did you get that? Just because you arrived does not mean you have been accepted. Acceptance isn't synonymous with your arrival. So be patient. Exercise patience. Build relationships with people 
who have the wisdom to give you advice from the organization's past. You will find out who knows where all the bodies are buried. <laughs> you will find out you know uh, who knows everything, a little bit about everything. Make them your ally. Learn from them. Take time to understand the shifts within the organization. Now that you've come into the first chair, everyone else is relating to you in a different way. These are called organizational dynamics. That does not mean they don't like you. Does not mean they haven't accepted you. You have shifted, they have shifted, the chemistry is shifting, and you have to just become a student of that and understand that you are in a different chair now. Be flexible and not overly sensitive. When somebody says, brings you an idea, don't be defensive, don't be sensitive, be flexible with it. Go along and you'll get along, especially in the early stages when you don't have the leadership equity. And keep a journal of your own transition process to give to your successor. See what just happened? You have just come in, but you're already thinking about your successor. I want to say that again. It's your first year on the job, but you're already journaling saying, whoever comes in behind me, this is what they need to know. Now that is strategic, long-term, thinking of how you build an organization and lasting legacy. So I want to conclude with you with four words and the word is grow. G-R-O-W. G-R-O-W. Grow continually. G stands for grasp. G stands for grasp. Grasp the organizational culture as every organization is different. Grasp. Learn. The organizational culture. Learn, grasp their history, grasp the way they do things, grasp the way they think, grasp the way they make decisions, grasp what are their envisioned futures, grasp who is coming in, who is leaving, grasp finances, grasp. So G-R-O-W, G stands for grasp. R stands for respect. Respect and honor your predecessors as well as local traditions and customs. Respect. Be respectful. Be respectful to your janitor. Be respectful to the custodian. Be respectful to the front desk. Be respectful to everybody. You see there are no little U's and big I's. Everybody is equal. What we do is different. What we get paid is different. But who we are, not what we do, but who we are is the same. Give you an example from my life. Remember I told you I was a president of a Christian university? Some of you may recall me telling you that before that, I was a janitor, same university, same university, janitor, breakfast cook, and dishwasher, when I came back to the president, there were some people on staff, especially in higher management, who used to be my bosses, who gave me my daily orders, who told me what to do, where to go, when to do it. Now, I was the president and they were working for me. I really want to say with me. Imagine if I had brought in all the baggage of my four years of relationship with them from way back then into 
my present position. Respect everybody. You never know when your janitors are going to end up being your president. Respect. So G stands for grasp. R stands for respect. O stands for organize. Organize your strategic thinking and planning while you learn about the organization. Organize yourself. Now I know when you were coming in, you had plans. But you will discover very quickly the information you had coming in is either inaccurate, distorted, outdated, and some cases not true whatsoever. So the plans that you brought with you have to be reorganized. So organize yourself around present realities, what you are just discovering. So G stands for grasp, R stands for respect, O stands for organize, and W. W stands for the four letter word, W-O-R-K, work. Work at willingness, be open, be open, be open. That's what I mean by work. I'm not talking about hours of work. I'm not talking about work ethic. It takes work to be open to the barrage that comes your way in the first one, two, and three years. The barrage that comes your way of being open to all the ideas, the stories that you're going to hear, the work that it'll take to hear this person's story, this person's story, this person's experience, and connect all the dots. It'll be work. The work is understanding the universe that you are functioning in now. So I'm not just talking about going to work. I'm not talking about you sitting at your desk. I'm not talking about that kind of work. That work is important. The work I'm talking about is saying, here I am, boy. This is work. So let me conclude with you by pulling it all together. We've been talking about how to grow, how to create a successful organization and a lasting legacy. We talked about succession is never about a person. It's always about the organization. You got to start thinking now what's going to happen then. Nobody remembers how you came in. Nobody forgets how you left. Think how you wanted to be sustainable, how you wanted to be scalable, how you're talking about the functions of the organization, how you're talking about communication of the organization, and how you're dealing with succession. And please understand that you don't come in to change things. You're trying to create a legacy. If, if you're trying to change things immediately, it's going to be uphill all the way. But if you create a nice incremental slope and bring people along with you, understanding alliances and animosities and bring people along with you and create that culture of yesterday has been wonderful, today is amazing, tomorrow can be greater if we all do this thing together. Some lasting thoughts. Whoever you are, wherever you are, you are in some kind of transition. You either succeeded somebody, doesn't matter what level, you succeeded somebody. You're thinking about moving to another level, moving out, moving sideways, moving up. Somebody's going to succeed you. 
All of us are in that place. I've been in that place. You're in that place. And that place will continue in your life. The question is, are you going to be a wise steward? Because it's not about just a successful organization. It's also about your lasting legacy.